Welcome, I'm Joshua Roberts, attorney at law, and you're watching Lawyer Up. This is the fourth part of our DWI series, and in this video, we're gonna be talking about the administrative DWI, or the DWI you have to deal with with the executive branch of government, the DMV. We're gonna be talking about how you get your driver's license back in good standing. If you learned something during today's video, hit that like button. If you got something to say about it, comment below. If you wanna learn more, subscribe to the channel. Finally, if you've got friends that you think would enjoy this channel, share it on social media. And remember, I am a lawyer, but I am not your lawyer. If you need advice specific to your legal situation, you need to lawyer up with an attorney in your area. And finally, I will say that these videos are not to be considered how to get away with the DWI. I certainly do not condone drinking and driving, and I tell my clients, one drink, one drink is all. Because that first glass of wine may cost you $12, but the second one can cost 10,000 or more if you get a DWI. Now in our last video, we talked about the criminal context or the judicial branch of government in dealing with a DWI charge. Now we're moving from the judicial branch to the executive branch, a different branch of government and the DMV. Now we know that when we take out our driver's license, we're required to pass a driving test uh, written and on the road. We're required to license any vehicle that we drive. We're required to keep it insured. And we're also required to not drive with excessive blood alcohol content. Every state in the union has drawn that line at 0.08. If you blow above a 0.08, you are driving with excessive blood alcohol content and your license will be suspended. And what's unique about this is this is from the executive branch of government. So it doesn't matter whether you get a DWI ticket or you don't in the criminal context, you could be given a DWI ticket, go over to the judicial branch and have a trial and win. You're found not guilty. You still have to deal with the administrative side and the DMV. And dealing with the administrative side, it all goes back to what happened with that breathalyzer test. All states have an implied consent law. And what that means is that when you accept a driver's license from the state, you're giving your implicit consent that if a law enforcement officer asks you to take a breath test, that you will agree to do so. Now you may be saying, wait a minute, I never agreed to do that. And that's true. That's why they call it implied consent. Because in accepting the driver's license, it is implied that you're consenting to these blood alcohol tests. And what's important to understand about an implied consent law is that if you refuse if an officer tells you about the implied consent law and then you refuse to take a breathalyzer test, you lose your license on the spot for a year. Now you may or may not be eligible to get your license reinstated or for a hardship license, but that's gonna involve petitioning a court and actually filing a separate lawsuit against the Department of Revenue, the Department of Motor Vehicles, and that can be expensive. If you get a hardship license, they're gonna require you to get SR22 insurance, which is high-risk insurance that comes after some sort of an accumulation of points on your driver's license. What's unique about this insurance is that A, it's expensive, and B, it comes with a reporting requirement. So if you discontinue paying that insurance, they immediately notify the DMV that you have failed to maintain. Every state requires that you take a substance abuse traffic offender program to be rehabilitated and get your license back. This is abbreviated SATOP in most states. You may or may not be required to get an ignition interlock device put into your car. 
What an ignition interlock device is, is a machine that you have to blow into before your car will start. When you're driving around, it will also require you to blow into it to continue being able to drive. It's expensive, it's inconvenient, and you don't wanna have one. Another reason to avoid a DWI. Now, you lose your license for a year if you refuse to blow, but if you take the breathalyzer test and it's your first offense and you blow above a .08, the penalty in most states is only about a 90-day suspension. Of course, your suspension period will depend on your history of DWIs, but if it's a first offense, you're dealing with a 90-day suspension period that can be reduced. You can get an ignition interlock installed into your vehicle and eliminate that 90-day suspension. If you don't elect to put the ignition interlock into your car, most states will have a 30-day hard walk where you're not supposed to drive at all, followed by 60 days where you can drive to and from work or school or an alcohol treatment program. After those 90 days, you can get your driver's license reinstated. If you pay a reinstatement fee, of course, you take a SATOP class, that's the Substance Abuse Traffic Offender Program class, if you get the high-risk or SR22 insurance, and if you've had no other violations. So this kind of comes full circle with our four videos and why I advise my clients on a first offense DWI to go ahead and participate in the field sobriety test and to take the breathalyzer test. It's because, number one, your license suspension can be as little as 90 days. If you refuse, it's gonna be suspended for a year. It's gonna be four times the punishment to your driver's license than if you would've just participated and blown. And that's even if you blew above the legal limit. So on a first offense DWI, there's no incentive not to go ahead and take the test. Another advantage on a first offense DWI is when you get to arguing in front of the judge, your lawyer can say, he participated. He cooperated with law enforcement. He did the field sobriety test. He took the breathalyzer test. He was cooperative. That goes a lot further with a judge than if you refuse the breathalyzer test. Now, of course, if it's a second DWI or beyond, or if you're involved in a vehicular felony, somebody is hurt, or those types of instances, you really can't take the breathalyzer test at all. Now remember, I'm not giving you specific advice. You should talk to your own attorney. I'm just sharing with the advice that I give to my clients. And after you have a first DWI and you move on to your second one, then your license is gonna be suspended for a year anyway. So if you refuse to blow, it's suspended for a year, or if you take the breathalyzer test on a second DWI or more and blow, it's gonna be suspended for at least a year anyway. So there's no incentive to blow in those types of circumstances. Now on the administrative side of things, if you get two or three or more DWIs, your license gets suspended. We talked about the 90 day suspension, we talked about the year suspension, but if you get two DWIs within five years, your license is suspended for five years and you can't drive during that time period. If you get another one, it's suspended for 10 years. Now there are ways and instances within these long-term suspension periods that you can get a hardship license, that you can get your license reinstated, but it involves filing a lawsuit against the DMV and convincing the judge that you haven't had any other criminal violations and that you're no longer a risk to the public safety. Also, you're guaranteeing you're gonna have an ignition interlock in your car when you fall into a five or 10 year denial reinstatement. These ignition interlock machines will have GPS and even a camera on them so they can make sure the person blowing into the machine is you. And the final thing is after reinstatement of a five or 10 year uh, suspension period, 
they will give you your license back one last time. If you get another DWI after reinstatement after those long-term suspensions, your license is suspended forever. So thank you for watching this DWI series. It's a big topic. We've had to break it up into four different parts. We talked about what a DWI is and the elements of the crime. We talked about a DWI investigation from the perspective of the driver and the law enforcement officer. We talked about what happens when you go to court and dealing with the prosecuting attorney and the judge and your own lawyer. And finally, we talked about dealing with the DMV. How do we get our driver's license back? Hopefully at the end of all of this, you realize that it's not worth it to drink and drive. Thanks for watching. Again, my name is Joshua Roberts. You've been watching Lawyer Up. If you learned something, hit that like button. If you've got friends that you think would enjoy the channel, share this on social media. And if you want to learn more, subscribe. Thanks for watching. Send lawyers, guns, and money. Dad, get me out of this.